I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. That is right. And we are back with another mini episode. Another mini episode. I feel (laughs) like this was one of those weeks where simultaneously a lot of stuff happened and like not anything. (laughs) I felt like it was a lot of continuations of things that have already been really big in the news that are still just kind of new developments are happening, new things are happening, things like that. So I did kind of I branched out a little bit in one of my topics to kind of break the mold a little bit. But then something else I think is something that every news uh, media outlet is talking about. And that was the NRA convention. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Well, do you want to start talking about that? I would be happy to if you'd like me to. Yeah, let's go. So 300 miles away from Olvadi in Houston, Texas, just days after 19 children and two teachers were murdered by gun violence, the NRA held its annual convention. And I, uh, did you watch this week's John Oliver by any chance? The one that came out on Sunday? I did not. Was it the one about police in schools? Yes, it was. I saw the headline for it because I subscribed to him on YouTube, but I did not actually watch it. I was just not in a good mental space because I usually watch all of his yeah. uh, his things and it was just one of those things where I was like, do I want to absorb this right now? I feel you. you I know? totally feel yeah. you. Yeah, I usually don't even look at what it is. I'm just like, oh, new John Oliver, let's watch it. But I mean, one thing he does really well is explain things very, very 
thoroughly and explain a lot of what's going on with the other side and things like that. And one thing that was very interesting about this year's NRA convention was the, I mean, there's always a lot of protesting on either side at all of Mm -hmm. these conventions, but the amount of demonstrating that was happening outside of the convention this year was really above and beyond. I mean, inside we had people like Trump and Ted Cruz and on the outside they had (laughs) Beto Rourke out there Mm -hmm. that was, you know, speaking and supporting the protesters and things like that. And one thing that John Oliver really pointed out was the differences in the solutions that different sides are coming up with for gun violence and (laughs) solutions in quotes in quotes totally totally in quotes so while the left is seeing this as a legislative issue we need more gun control laws like we know all of these things what I was learning was that from the inside they see it from more of like a moral issue it's the evil of the world and we need prayer in our schools that's extremely convenient right exactly but there's it's this idea that you know we hate this gunman as much as you do and it's but it's because of you know the lack of prayer in our schools or the evils in our schools or the lack of guns in our schools I'm getting really 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 frustrated with this I was having a conversation with Anthony about this last night and it's it's almost one of those things where it's difficult for me to even have a discussion about anymore because I'm just like just shut up yeah like it's so obvious to everybody that this is bullshit like what you're saying is bullshit it's obvious to everyone it's obvious to you and if you really had such a difficult time with this if you were really as upset by the murder of children children yeah we're talking about first graders in sandy hook we're talking about nine ten year olds yeah in ovalde texas right like if if this was something that was really as upsetting to you as you're saying it is you would do anything yeah. you would try anything you it's wouldn't like, just throw your hands in the air and be like well i hope god figures this out you even, know what i mean like there's there are things that can be done it just even if you didn't believe that gun laws were going to do anything, well, hey, that's something we haven't tried yet. So maybe throw everything against the wall and see see what sticks because Ooh, yeah. children's I mean, lives are at stake. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's it's pretty preposterous. I actually uh, can't believe I clicked on it, but I went to the NRA website today. Ooh. Ooh. Well, because I was Cleanse trying yourself to... yourself of that like, I, bad energy. <laughs> I had to. It was awful. Well, it made me so angry because, well, I wanted to get examples of what they're saying where are they coming from in all of this and it was really uh, a lot of bullet points as to why armed police officers in school are going to be helping keep our kids safer or but they're not why, and they're not and that was one thing I mean I highly recommend anybody who is a John Oliver fan to go watch the episode because he gets really into that because there is this idea that the more armed officers we have in school the less school shootings there will be when we just saw you know, in Ovare that there was cops there that were prevented from helping. It Actually, there's only been one reported incident of a cop de-escalating a school shooting when there are tens upon tens of incidents of school counselors, teachers, fellow classmates coming in to help suppress the situation. And it's actually been shown that having another armed person in the building can actually escalate the situation. And usually the person going into the school is well aware that that person is armed. And sometimes that's part of the plan. You know what I mean? Like you have to think all of these things through outside of just like, well, guns will keep other people safe. It's not. Well, it's just how many times are we going to do the exact same thing 
over and over and over and expect a different result. And also just this argument that more guns keep people safe. I'm sorry, the most policed neighborhoods are also the ones that these same people will talk about being the highest in crime. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And where it are you getting this research? What's making you say that that's happening? The safest you know? neighborhoods aren't the ones that are the most highly policed. The safest neighborhoods are the ones that have the best resources. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And so it doesn't make any sense to say that putting more police in schools or putting more people with weapons in schools is going to keep anyone any safer. Yeah. You're just introducing more ways for people to get hurt. Exactly. Like, I mean, and especially when they talk about more than just officers in schools, but like arming teachers. Yes. Like it's just, we talked about this last week, so we need to get into it, but it's just, it's such a preposterous idea. And, you know, Trump got up and spoke at the convention. And of course, he suggested a strong exterior fencing or a wall. I'm like, what's up with you and walls, dude? Can we let it go? So we want to imprison our children we want to imprison them they he was talking about more metal detectors and technology to detect unauthorized individuals from entering schools like what <laughs> what do you is this mean? some weird like ai like, face scanning shit like so what where are you getting the funding to putting that technology he's in so schools stupid. he's so stupid no one is gonna no one is gonna spend the money to get some fucking uh, ai technology know, in there i'm in a real bad headspace but also i was listening to a podcast earlier where they were talking about you know how is Trump going to announce his candidacy for 2024 because it is almost a foregone conclusion that he will run yeah and it's just like man we're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again we're gonna do it again well and and I know that an idiot and I know that Ted Cruz really wants to be president Ted Cruz won't get there but DeSantis might there was some polling that Ron DeSantis is polling better not that we can trust polls but polling better than Trump which is actually probably scarier than yeah. Trump. He's a yeah. little bit smarter and just as evil. I know. Trump's backing is just so frightening. Not that it wouldn't be transferred to DeSantis, but it's still, it's just the unbelievable amount of people that back Trump that make it so, so scary. But, um, oh, speaking of Ted Cruz, he also talked at the convention. Um, he was also, like I said, calling for more armed cops in schools. He says... We know from past experience that the most effective tool for keeping kids safe is armed law enforcement on campus. Uh, uh, citation needed, sir. Yeah, exactly. I would like to see your sources on that because they, I don't I don't believe none. you have any. Yeah, there's just uh, if you do, please please share with the class cuz I I don't believe you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the NRA website was essentially saying that there's no proof that gun laws would be effective. There's no proof that, you know, all of the suggestions that we're bringing up would be effective. Every other fucking country. I know. What are you talking about? I know. This has happened. I understand. And it doesn't matter if they're sourced, they're still getting it out there and people are going to believe what they have to say. And that's what's frustrating. Get that America has a gun culture that is different than other countries. And we have to take that into account. It's not a one to one comparison us and other countries because our culture is different. Our culture around guns is different. I understand that. But Australia also has a pretty significant gun culture. Right. And they were able to curb mass shootings by putting in some barriers. Right. Like it just, duh. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm losing my mind having this conversation because it's just not this conversation. No, I understand. But just Just as a whole, as a whole, having this conversation because it's just like, 
Yeah, any thinking person knows this. Like, and so it just feels like a bad faith argument because they know. So it's like, what am I even arguing for? You like Ted Cruz, you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's all just to continue to keep their base happy and comfortable. And if they were to say anything else, they would lose that. And that's what's so frustrating is just how funded. Yeah, yeah, it's how the it's where the money goes and how unbelievably swayed these politicians are to spread lies even if, if that's just going to keep their base happy and with At them. The cost They're willing to do that. Human lives and children's lives. Yeah. Like and that's just where I'm at where I'm just like, man, if if seeing literal school children get mowed down. I mean, there was um, a pediatrician who testified from Ovalde who testified um, before Congress this week where he said like, and trigger warning because awful, but he was talking about some of the children he was treating after that shooting. Yeah. And he was like, they were so mangled that we had to identify them by their clothing because they were covered in blood. And he told them I'm doing my job you, you do your to, job you, you need to do your job and it's just like if that doesn't do it for you I just don't know that anything ever will and yeah. they did pass I saw earlier today um we're recording on Wednesday they did pass in Congress um measures to up the age to get a semi-automatic firearm um, but it's not necessarily just it's not just young people. In fact, I would have to say, I feel like even I mean, Sandy Hook, it was not an elementary school child that went in there. You know, it was someone who was I believe he was like in high school or a young college student. Yeah, or something. but this, this would up the age to 21, which is something, okay. And it is it is something right. It's better than nothing. However, it won't pass in the Senate. So yeah, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's it's I just we're all just stuck. We're, We're stuck. just stuck. We're stuck. And uh... are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I have something kind of related also taking place in Texas because while Texas is refusing to do anything, they're holding NRA conventions and refusing to do anything about uh, guns, (laughs) gun laws, uh, what they have decided to try to ban are drag queens in Texas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, after- is this going to be about the kids' drag brunch thing? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Have yes. you also seen the thing where it's like you can have a certain, you can't have a certain number of dildos, but you can have a certain number uh. of guns? <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I cannot. I just... Oh, okay. Okay, um, sorry. Continue. No, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so backwards. Like, it's just mind-boggling. I know. Isn't it? It's just... Wow. It makes I'm never moving to Texas. I mean, and it's hard too because of course, you know, there are places like Austin, Texas is a very liberal oh, city. Of course, um, yeah. And they have even said whenever there was all that stuff, well, there is all that stuff happening, um, overturning Roe v. Wade and the heartbeat bills and the things that are happening in Texas, where they said that they would pass things um citywide that would try to make Austin a safe place. At least kind of contain everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, Max is from Dallas and there's like a lot of different parts of Dallas. Some are more liberal, some are not, you know, like there, I'm not, I never want to say that a whole state is bad because I think that that's just not the the case. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying more than anything. It's not so much that I don't think I would find great people and great, you know, community, but it's like, I just could never, I would have such a hard time moving to a place unless I had to that, I felt so strongly against most of its beliefs. I would be scared to live there. I'd be like, what yeah, if something happens? Well, that's you know, that's like, the thing is it's, it's very, that's the thing for me is it's, it's very scary and it's hard too, because it's like, that's exactly why somewhere like Texas needs progressive people to move there and live there yeah. uh, to try and change the culture and, you know, vote in local elections. We need some martyrs. Um, but it's also a very scary prospect, you know, because of all of this stuff. But, After a Texas gay bar held a daytime family-friendly drag brunch over the weekend, Texas Congress is filing legislation to ban drag shows where kids are in attendance. (laughs) So the event involved drag queens dancing alongside parents and kids. Gasp. Uh, And was heavily protested by people who harassed the drag performers following several of them into the parking lot, hurling slurs and insults at them. And there's video of this. Um, State Representative Brian Slayton said a ban was necessary to protect children from perverted adults. And this this comes... Playing dress-up is perverted? I never knew. Uh, It's... (laughs) uh, I mean, and did you just watch my brain short-circuited for Um, a moment? Yeah. Because I was just thinking about how, how, you know, we did a whole episode on um, beauty pageants and child beauty pageants, and child beauty pageants are huge in texas yeah and, we and had, much more predatory i would say we had a whole conversation about how how they're essentially a magnet for adults predators yeah right so but that's fine that's totally don't worry fine. about that like like the, but this is a problem right and oh like you were just talking about this comes two weeks after 19 children were shot 
like and Congress has done nothing, nothing about gun laws. But we are going to damn if they didn't get on this real quick to try and legislate whether or not kids could go to a drag brunch. Oh it's my god, truly. And wild. is it not? And this is again. This just goes into like privacy of people making their own choices these kids are not there by themselves their parents brought mm-hmm. them and are okay with them having this experience it's yeah, the parents choice yeah whether or not they want their child to go or not and you have every right to choose where you want to take your own child well, and like some drag performers have their own children uh 100 like, percent. i would say i would say many of them do because they're people and they have their own lives it's not like it's just it's a lack of wanting to be educated that is so infuriating to me and and why is it so dangerous to see a man in a dress like why is that so dangerous to everybody what do they think that's doing to our children because it's doing nothing I don't know. I don't. It's I don't, doing nothing I negative. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <sighs> they see it as having just spent, you know, a good amount of time in the Midwest. Um, I think that there is this belief that there's this deterioration of family values. Right. Like not enough God in school, not enough prayer in school. Uh, and that this is a sign of the deterioration of but a good Christian society. Deciding that, that things like this is what makes someone a good Christian mm-hmm. even is yeah. so upsetting to me. It just, it has nothing to do with it. Is It is an artistic form of expression mm-hmm. that anybody can be a part of. And the fact that they are creating such a negative stigma around something that is so fun and joyful yeah. is so infuriating mm-hmm. because kids should be able to go to places like that. There might be a little kid that would love to do that someday. You know what I mean? And they well, should be able to express themselves. That I know, but it's of. like, it's, it's infuriating to me to think of you know, children who are suppressing who they are and what they want to be because of this horrible stigma that follows the LGBTQ community. And it's it, disgusting. It also, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like how we've gotten here as a society where these are the things that matter. And I think that that's the thing that is really making me, I'm trying really hard to like maintain a certain amount of like optimism but it's hard because yeah. it's just like how do, we're at a place where we don't value the right things. No, it's like we don't value making sure we're all safe and taken care of. We value one group's worldview, right? Or not we maybe as a society, but like one very loud group that has a lot of of control and power in this country, right? And the lack of empathy and compassion for a fellow human being. You don't have to take your kids there. Yeah. But they're still like a, and and to follow them into the parking lot and hurl insults at them. And like, it's just, well, and what year are we in? What fucking year are we in? Grow up. Yeah. Yes. We're adults, really. You're going to go pick on someone at the, on the playground. Like, it's just, it's disgusting. So anyway, so immature. I just wanted to wrap this up by saying so far this year, there have been 96 school shootings resulting in 40 deaths and 78 injuries. And this is the shit that we're concerned about. So, I mean, yeah, I, my mom is in town right now and we've been talking a lot about this kind of stuff and she's just like, she keeps apologizing as well. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm so negative. But I'm like, no, there's nothing to be positive about. It's like, we just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and talking about our views. And that's really all we can do because we are stuck. There's nothing we can really do. And it's such vote. I mean, but that doesn't feel like enough. I mean, the only other thing that I can say, and it might not sound like it now, because obviously I've been running on a very high frequency of, um, 
rage uh, Un- throughout unchill this, <laughs> unchill throughout this episode um but I have been listening to Tara Brock's podcast. I know I've recommended her in the past, um, but she had a really good episode um, about like nurturing your heart in uncertain times. Yeah. And she's continued kind of along that theme of like um, just trying to, to be courageous in times of real yeah. distress and uncertainty where well, we just and I don't mean, know. That's, that's the thing because I mean, I think about this all the time. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have like an early heart attack or something, but the amount of worry that I feel at all hours of the day. And I'm like, I'm really trying to teach myself to enjoy myself amongst times of chaos mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like be like, you know what? It's all like my, I'm still standing. I'm still here. I just have to keep moving one day at a time, one minute at a time. Right. And just be and go like, from there. I know it sounds so like cheesy, but truly the best thing that you can do is to just be a source of like light and comfort to the people in your direct, your direct sphere. Yeah. Because like sometimes whenever you feel really out of control, the only thing that you really can control is your reaction to other people Yeah, and making sure that someone else feels like safe and happy and like being a bright spot. I just spot. think remembering to be empathetic and to think about what another person could be going through in exactly. any given day is mm-hmm. always an important thing to, yeah, to compassion. practice. It's compassion. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. always say that, you know, I am so, even if I'm in a bad mood and, you know, I'm working my retail job, I'm always like very like sunny and, positive and it's like how do you do that and I'm like well because if I'm an asshole the other person's going to be an asshole and that's going to make my day worse so why would I start off on a bad foot I would rather like go into a conversation expecting a positive Mm -hmm. just in case I get it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to make my own day worse by being grumpy to this person you know right yeah Well, I can kind of see your notes, and I think we have the same next thing to discuss. Do we? Yes. So, I think. So, Simone Biles and other Team USA gymnasts. Yeah, quite a bit of them, Mm -hmm. like dozens of them. Yes, have decided to sue the FBI. Now, we've talked about this in the past. Yes. Um, I think we talked about this whenever Larry Nassar was convicted, and they all gave their victim impact statements. Right. Uh, And we talked about all of the ways that the FBI actively failed yes. all of these women, young women and girls really at the time. So Olympic gold medalist Simone Biles and dozens of other women who say they were sexually assaulted by Larry Nasser are seeking more than $1 billion from the FBI for failing to stop the, the sports doctor Larry Nasser um, when the agency first received allegations against him. Yeah, and it took them over a year to make any sort of real movement in that case allowing dozens of other people to be abused by him in different um, mm-hmm. yeah, they colleges knew. and gymnastics centers and things like that and it's also under the responsibility of USA Gymnastics and the USA Olympic Committee as well but especially the FBI who is supposed to be someone that will investigate things like this mm-hmm. and take care of victims the fact yeah. that they would be so um, dismissive of this case is is so upsetting. Right, it was so documented. mishandled. It's, it is. Their, their mishandling of this case is documented. And yeah. I think that's why it was surprising. It's not surprising, but disheartening yeah. that the Justice Department decided not to prosecute former FBI agents who, right. who bungled this case. Yeah. And that's what kind of spurred um, this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two weeks ago, they decided that they weren't going to bring any federal charges. And so they were kind of like, OK, well, we have to do 
something to make this right. Former University of Michigan gymnast said that in a statement, if the FBI had simply done its job, Nasser would have been stopped before he ever had the chance to abuse hundreds of girls, including me. Like, it's just so unbelievably upsetting, especially hearing from like a college student where you would want your government and the people that are supposed to care for you to step in and then finding out that they could have done something and you were abused during that time would make me unbelievably pissed off. Right. I mean, and it's multiple agencies because the agents who were accused, the FBI agents who were accused, were accused by the Justice Department's own watchdog agency. So the Justice Department are the ones who accused the FBI of bungling the case in the first place. And then the larger Justice Department decided not to do anything. Right. So... Um, there was a USA gymnast, Michaela Maroney, who said, my fellow survivors and I were betrayed by every institution that was supposed to protect us. The U.S. Olympic Committee, USA Gymnastics, the FBI, and now the Department of Justice. And she's right. She is right. And actually, Simone Biles said something similar where she said, Nasser is where he belongs, but those who enabled him deserve to be held accountable. And I think that's a really important thing because I think that it's easy to be like, okay, the guy who did this to you is in jail. Mm-hmm. What more do you want? But it's not just about one person perpetrating these acts. It's about protecting everybody in the future so that we can have kids join sports and activities and feel safe and not like they're going to be violated and endangered. That's why this is so important for the FBI to be held accountable so this doesn't continue to happen in the future. Right. I mean, and it's not without precedent, not to say that this is exactly the same thing, but um, after the school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School um, in Parkland, the FBI received had received a tip about that shooting five weeks before <gasps> 17 people were killed. Oh, I kind of um, remember hearing something about that now. Yeah, I had forgotten about this, yeah. but it was never like forwarded on. So they paid the families $127.5 million wow. um, to those who were killed or injured. Well, so, good. I mean, it is possible. I don't know that they're going to get a billion dollars. But there's 13 people here. And also, it's not it's it's not really even disputed that they mishandled this case. No, it's it's really not. It's it's just more cover ups. That's all I'm seeing is they've decided that they don't want to prosecute these FBI agents. They don't want to charge them with anything. They want to protect them. And that's very, very clear and upsetting. Right. And not unusual at all. I mean, we could do an entire episode about um, the FBI and the way that we were all kind of hoodwinked into believing that the FBI are good guys when, you know, J. Edgar Hoover had like a massive hand in creating the very first FBI uh, and the things that they did, especially in those early years, but continued to do were so underhanded and shady and um, detrimental to a lot of marginalized communities. 100%. Um, And so many cover-ups took place that were designed to protect the FBI. So this is not surprising. This is very much in line with the things that they've already done. It is a little surprising because it was such a high-profile case that they wouldn't have even given them like a slap on the wrist just for optics' sake. Because they they had to have seen this coming or something coming where people weren't just going to take that lying down. Yeah. Because they mishandled it so badly. <sighs> and so many people were detrimentally affected. And I think Simone Biles, when Larry Nassar was convicted, even 
called out the FBI. Yes. Or Ali Reisman. One oh, of them a did. lot of them did in their statements that they made to Nasser and other statements, you know, that they made to media and things like that, discussing their anger with those three major, you know, Agencies. Agencies. Thank you. You know, USA Gymnastics, the US Olympic Committee and the FBI, they've all been very, very vocal about their distaste and what's happened and their their want to make a difference and for that to change. It's very much an ongoing case. And I've known that. I remember listening to a podcast a while ago that really went deep into the whole case. And it really ended with interviews with gymnasts discussing like he's in jail, but this is not over. We still have so much left to do. And I like that that hasn't stopped. That need to make bigger change hasn't gone away within these gymnasts where it pro- it could have, but they're keeping their convictions, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate yeah. in order so that the next generation isn't going to have to go through the same thing. Yeah. Actually, they just right now they're deciding to gradually raise the order or the they're going to gradually raise the age for senior level skaters to right. be 17 and older. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. As of like today, they've decided that they're going to gradually um, lift the age to 17, which is huge because there was an incident with a pair skater where it kind of became a very like infamous horrible story throughout the skating world that really kind of was the catalyst to making a lot of these changes, especially since, you know, this was a skater who was partnered with very young girls and things like that. Like there has to be more oversight, oversight and regulations involved with young athletes and things like that. And I think that this is going to help every other sport and administration by setting precedent like this. Absolutely. I mean, you really do have to keep your boot on their throat about this because if you let them get away with it over and over and over again, they're going to do it again. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you have to say like, no, like, no. Even if they don't get this lawsuit through, at least what they've done is they've made enough noise to keep it in the public eye yeah um and to say to keep pointing the finger and say you fucked up you fucked up you fucked up yeah <laughs> and and you have to keep looking at us and you have to keep dealing with our pain and our trauma because we're gonna yeah. get up here and we're gonna keep showing it to you and that's why i'm glad that the very prominent gymnasts like simone biles ali reisman michaela maroney the ones that really were like kind of america's sweethearts when they were at the height of their well and still mm-hmm. are Simone oh, Biles yeah. very much yeah, yeah. is um but they're the the ones that are really being so honest and vocal and I really appreciate that because it's not the lesser known gymnasts that America can't name it's these people that we feel like we've grown to know and care about in a way yeah and they're not shying away from being very very honest and I think that's huge yeah yeah I mean especially Simone Biles she was very much known as this like very smiley very cheerful yeah. and then on top of that unbelievably talented gymnast, you know, who won a lot of medals. You have to listen to her when she talks. And, and you have to think about, it forces you to think about what was she going through every time she got up there and she like flashed that like million watt smile, right. And did her routine. And that is heartbreaking for people because you have these parasocial relationships where you feel like, you know, Simone Biles. Yeah. And you're just like, she was going through what? when I was watching her do what? And that's why it's important not saying that the other athletes don't have an important story to tell. But I think that it's easy to be someone that's really 
prominent in the public eye to not want to be a part of something like that and not to be as honest and vocal about what you've been through. And the fact that they have all been so unbelievably vulnerable during these years and years and years of having to tell their stories and to get people to listen to why these things need to change. It's such a, a courageous and exhausting and brave thing to do. You know what I mean? It's got to be unbelievably difficult, especially when America has seen you in one way for so long. Uh You know, I just, I think the world of all of them, I'm so, I'm disheartened that not more hasn't been done in this case, but I am so glad that they're not shutting up about it and that it's continuing to stay in the media and that we both are seeing it enough to talk Mm -hmm. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, if you haven't checked out our merch yet, what are you even doing? Really cute designs on there. Oh, I got to say the shirts are super soft. My mom sleeps in her Angry Neighborhood Feminist shirt. Mm -hmm. It's really soft. I think whenever I was putting them on Threadless, I chose the super soft t-shirt option. It's like a dollar more, but it is worth it. You did good. They're so soft. It is so nice and they fit really well. My mom looks great in it. I highly recommend the shirts. They're great. I only have a, I think you still have my sweatshirt. That's so funny. Oh, I think I I might. Yeah. I think, I don't think I ever got that back. Anyways, I don't need it till Christmas. It's all good. Um, If you want to check out what we're talking about, you can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram or go to the link in the show notes, wherever you are listening to us right now. If you have any topics that you want us to cover on future news episodes, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the listeners on the group page. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, please go to your Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. It truly does help us so much. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.